that's all it was it was just like super flat no eq it's yeah it's hitting my computer mic which doesn't sound horrible but it picks up a lot more white noise and it's not good this podcast is all white noise hey you just need to talk more than <laughs> cut me off fucking Californian, <laughs> jesus christ you notice how i just backed away from that like yep all right so the intro for real this time i guess <laughs> hello everybody welcome back to another edition of the podcast it is true the three of us us the guys the fellas your favorite hockey frogcasts we're running with that end up that was that was gold it was gold mm-hmm. jerry gold that's a 90s reference everybody uh we're going to run with that. Why not? It's the podcast about hockey where we rarely actually talk about hockey, except today when we're going to talk about hockey because it's been a busy couple of days. In the meantime, Sin, any any scary life stories to drag down the podcast? No, not at all. No, no, we're good. I'm feeling, feeling a weight off my shoulders, uh, finally getting the uh, car taken away by the people and having, yeah, they're going to pay off the rest of my lease and then I just got to go get a new car. Hey. Hopefully a bit of extra scratch out of that too. We'll see. I was actually going to ask you about that. I was like, did we, did you, like, did you get that resolved? But I'm glad you today, did. Today, literally yeah. today. That's why I just got back like 15 minutes ago. Perfect. Hey. Congrats. Yeah. Riding high, mister. Sin yeah. for the win. <laughs> <laughs> and Endo, um, thanks for being awake in one of the five minutes of your life that you're not playing a hockey game, apparently. Yeah, I was actually going to boot up NHL and I was going to play another hockey game. Eve breathes sleep, but I realized I don't, I don't want to hate myself any more than I already do. So I was mm. playing Unbound and Unbound's great. It's actually ride. really, yeah, it's really good. I like it. It's need for speed with anime graphics. Yeah, I made a hot waifu. I'm like, yeah, it's my waifu right there. Let's go. <laughs> oh my God. That's what need for speed's been missing for almost 20 years after Underground yes. 2 and Most Wanted is hot waifus. Yes. The answer Anime. should have been obvious. I made myself, my, my, <laughs> made myself a goth titty girlfriend. <laughs> Big titty goth girlfriend. There you go. Yeah. I was like, this is what I want. Polina walked in. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, get out. It's my private time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, have it in real life, so I'll have it here. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> Gotta go well, fun them. fact, you can have your private time, and you can do so. Uh, and make it even better <laughs> by... Go to get manscaped.com. Optimize your private time. Optimize your private ah, private time. You see. Yeah. By yeah. using code Tugi, T-O-U-G-I-E at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Yeah, dude. I use I still use all those tools, man. Most of all, it's the ear and hair trimmer, unfortunately. I am right? 32 years old now and I can't tell you the amount of times, you know, brushing back along my ears, like, what's that hair? And then it's like, oh, that's coming from my ear. Awesome. <laughs> so I get out that's the uh, amazing, I forget the name of it. I'm a terrible ad reader. That's okay. It's the Weed Whacker, right? It is. Yeah. The weed yeah. Whacker. Weed whacker. Get yeah. out that Weed Whacker and I, I whack all the weeds. That's the way to do it. And of course, you can go even further in your manscaping uh, journeys with the Lawnmower 4.0. No better way to trim the hedges mm-hmm. than with the lawnmower 4.0. Well, granted, those are two different actions, but you get the point. Still, it's 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 very much a comfortable feeling when you're not worried about uh, nicking sensitive areas, and you don't have to worry about the after uh, shaving itch. Although they have a lovely product to take care of that as well, the ultra smooth package. Never worry about post shaving itch again with the ultra smooth package. Have an, have an ultra smooth package with the ultra smooth package. Exactly. 
Perfect. Oh, you think they're regretting the sponsorship? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh man. man, would you believe they extended their deal with us recently? <laughs> we just Three signed an extension, months. son. Three um, more months. Three more. Three more months, <laughs> three more months of ad reads. Woo! Oh, it's a oh, beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you to Manscaped as always for sponsoring the show. Again, code to get checkout. T O U G I E. Twenty percent off, free shipping, and it's not too late to get those orders in before you know the holiday season. It's it's October. Oh, I was gonna say it's October. It's because uh, you know, yeah. It feels like October still outside for me. It's ridiculous. It's raining more now than ever. But you might as well break out the beach body with the freaking weather we've been having here lately. It's ridiculous. Uh, but it is December 9th. It's December 9th. You know, you're scrambling for those last second, you know, gift ideas for the holidays. Make it awkward by getting your dad a trimmer for his balls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, hey, you know, go Tuki. Thank you, everybody, uh, for our, our, our think, best ad read ever. You think that's bad? Here's what I was going to say. Uh, I'll type it in our group. Oh, he's, in group typing it, oh yeah. he's, ty- he's typing it. He's so afraid to say it. He is typing it. So the temptation then is for one of us. I don't even see it. Yep. Oh, not saying that. All right. Well, let's move on, everybody. Now go I got to see That's it. all you need to know. Twitter. Holy oh my hell. god <laughs> <laughs> all right shall we move yes, on to some viewer questions and never speak of this again they're gonna be so pissed that i don't get to know what was said but that, that's the joy of this we have that our is. things that is yeah. my goodness i'm funny Link to the Discord is in the description, whether or not you are watching us on YouTube. And if you are, fuck you. Just <laughs> because I can flip you off. And if you're listening, well, I already said fuck you, so it's fine. Um, we hate our audience. Use our code. Listen to every show. And send in viewer questions like these fine people did. From RG Dust, what is your thoughts on this theoretical trade proposal? Now... Basically, it's ridiculous, hmm. but the concept is Oilers Sharks with the, uh, you know, Oilers getting Eric Carlson at retained salary, just under $9 million for uh, picks, prospects, Tyson Berry, and Yessi Pugliarvi, which, holy shit, yeah. there's no way that would ever happen. But I believe this is being brought up for, uh, you know, or in response to... A quote that came out in the past couple of days from Yessi Pugliarvi himself, you know, and the, high, the headline is, Oilers Pugliarvi unsure if his place is in the NHL. Quote, maybe I just don't have it. That's rough to hear. Yeah. That is very rough to hear. I don't think that, no, it's an, honestly, I don't think it's him. I think That's the Oilers the- have beaten that kid down. Particularly the media. Anytime something's wrong, they blame Yessi Pugliarvi. Mm-hmm. It's just never been a great fit with him in Edmonton. No. Because Trade there was... And he'll get top six fucking time. You know, there was him abstaining from signing with the Oilers originally, like going back to Europe. There was, if I'm what's not this... mistaken... Sorry, what's the hypothetical trade offer? I want to know what kind of picks and shit. Oh, Jesus. Um, He recommended Tyson Berry. 
uh-huh. imagine the roster, you know, the swap, similar players. Pooley Arvey, uh, Raphael Lavoie, who I think was a first round pick. Nikita Yevsayev, who I've never heard of in my life. A 2023 first and a conditional second that upgrades to a 2024 first if the Oilers make the conference final. Fuck Poor yeah. Eric Carlson. I would 100 I mean, I know we got to retain like, you know, two, two and a half million for the remainder four years. Yeah. Yes. Um, Barry's contract is up when? Oh, I would 100% God. take that deal. Like, that's really good return for a guy who's going to waste away on the Sharks. Barry's got one year left at 4.5 after this. I'm 100% taking that deal. Pooley but if RV, you're an Oilers fan, do you take that deal? That's the question. It's Tyson um, Barry and Yessi Pooley two roster players. Raphael Lavoie, who was a first round pick or a high second. Let me double check that. Uh, he was a high second. He was 38th overall in 2019. Yeah, if I'm an uh, Oilers fan, I'm maybe hesitant about taking that. But at the same time, struggling in Bakersfield. At the same time, you get the top two defensemen. I mean, mm. top two defensemen. Those are air quotes for those playing the at home non who are playing the radio game. Um, if you make the conference finals, the the pick upgrades. Yeah, you've already fucked up and not drafted the people you need to. So you have to bring them in somehow. Uh, those picks aren't going to help you. Could you imagine, though, paying on average $9 million for both Darnell Nurse and Eric Carlson at the same time? Yes. Because we're paying 11 and a half for Carlson and $8 million for Burns? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I suppose you, you could relate to that as a Sharks I fan. I could. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of them are too great at defense. Uh, I don't know, man. Dude, just imagine Carlson feeding stretch passes to McDavid all fucking year. Mm. Well, see, when we talked about the idea of Carlson getting traded, the Oilers were there. Mm-hmm. You know, just for the idea of like, yeah, fucking go for it. And I mean, you know, Connor McDavid already hit 50 points this season. He's one of a select few, I believe, to do it under 26 games into a season. Yeah. And Gretzky and Lemieux both hit 50 points in like 18 games played yeah. on at least one occasion, which is fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I can't help but think that the basis of this being brought up is the conversation surrounding Pugliarvi and yeah, you know, the- I think if I was an Oilers fan, I'd want someone brought in for Pugliarvi, maybe a Nick Benino. I know he doesn't put up points really, at least, you know, for the Sharks much, but he's a solid depth guy. He works hard. He does those defensive things. And if, you know, Pugliarvi is going to waste away in your bottom six, you know, take back someone like Benino, who's on the last year of his contract. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, with the Pugliarvi conversation, it's just, you know, it's that argument from Oilers fans who will say, like, you know, he's been given opportunities. There will be the argument about whether or not he was ever really a good fit for the team. There will be the argument about, hey, he's 24, and if he goes to a different team, can he still break out? So, um, I think he can at age 24. It is a tough conversation, though, because we're talking about him being the fourth overall pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, be be ready for this. Six years ago. Yep. Which is ridiculous that the Matthews, Line, Dubois, Pugliarvi, Ole Levy top five was six years ago. Ole Levy. Poor, poor guy. A lot of injuries. Remember who went directly after Ole Levy? <laughs> At six? Hmm. Yep. In the Matthews the year. Calgary Flames. 
Now Florida Panthers legend. Oh my Matthew god, Kachuk. yeah, I forgot. Oh my god. Oilers or uh, Canucks fans haven't, trust me. Um, worth noting, by the way, because we talked about Matthew Kachuk on the last show. Uh, he now has 37 points in 25 games, which is the most by any Panther through the first 25 games of the season in franchise history. He has 13 multi-point games, and is currently on pace for 118 points. That That's said, good. they're Sin's still in a shit stands, position. Yeah. Yes. Sin point, Sin's point stands that they still could use someone like Mackenzie Weger. Um, but yeah, yeah, Matthew Kachuk. I'm not doubting that a, that a Huberto for Kachuk swap was fine. It's it's the Mackenzie Weger in there that tilts that so far in the favor of Calgary. He's yeah. such a good defenseman. He's a guy you plug into your. He could probably even play top two, but he's a, an incredible three, four guy. I'd call him a, a solid three guy and mm. analytical darling. Yeah, love, love Mackenzie Weger. From broken wheelchair, one Mandela effect, false memory. Each of you have that has to do with sports. That's a tough one. One Mandela because, effect. So, like, uh, one of the primary examples of the Mandela effect. Um, See, you have like actually being silver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have like Sinbad being in a movie <laughs> called Shazam that yep. doesn't exist. That never mm-hmm. happened. It was Kazam um, with Shaq. Kazam, yes, is the one that actually happened. You have it not being the Berenstein Bears, but the Berenstain Bears. Oh, shit. Which I always thought it was the Berenstein Bears, but no, it's the Berenstain Bears. For sports, though, that's Hmm. that's a tough one. I'm going to Google Mandela Effect Sports. For me, it was apparently last time me thinking Calgary ever had a black jersey with the C on it, the flaming C. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There it is. Uh, my favorite Mandela effect moment is when, um, what's his name? Jonathan Bernier said Milton Mandela was great in the locker room. <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't hear about that? Uh, no. Jonathan Bernier, as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think uh, the Raptors, well, MLS, he was having a night for N- Nelson Mandela. Uh-huh. And a reporter asked him, like, what's what's your favorite thing about Nelson Mandela and how he's like, whatever, like, history about him and he then proceeds to not know who nelson mandela is and then assumes that he is a person who playing sport Oof. and he says he's great in the locker room he's a great team player i'm like yeah he was a great <laughs> team player all that's right such a inception he mandela affected nelson mandela into someone <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> yeah he was a great team player you know just a great leader <laughs> I mean, yeah. Nelson Mandela, great leader, you know? Great. He's not wrong. <laughs> oh, God. I can't... Oh. I can't think of... of too many. Like, literally, there was a... Like, in terms of searching Mandela effect for sports, all that comes up is a fucking video from Watch Mojo from this past August. Watch that I'm Mojo. trying like hell to scroll through. They list the miracle on ice as an example, which I would I would say is one. I don't know if that's necessarily the Mandela effect. It's just more an example of people, you know, the importance of the game being on one rather than the other. And oh, that they being think is the gold the mi- medal game. Yeah. Yes, where people yeah, think not. it was the gold medal game, but it wasn't. But I don't it's know if that's necessarily an example. Yeah, the the, the Mandela the, effect. The, the uh, U.S. had to beat the Finns. If they lost that game, they would have gotten no medal. Yeah which is a trip. Another one appears to be like Ray Bork going to the abs in his final season. And I don't know, maybe some people thought that's what it was, is that Ray Bork was, you know, 
on the on the Avs for only like the final couple months of his career, when in reality he got traded, you know, at the deadline before his final year. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a really tough question because I don't have any particular yeah examples. Yeah, at least for sports, and I feel like that's just because I'm such a sports nerd that you know I I, I like to have the facts, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a really tough question, but I'm intrigued. Let us know examples of this, please. I'm very much intrigued. From AJ, who is the best member of the X-Men? <laughs> hmm. Were either of you a big fan of like the X-Men, whether it yeah. be the cartoon growing up or obviously like the movies with Hugh Jackman? Yeah, not the cartoons, but I do love all the movies, like all the uh, the generations of them, too. Um, I love James McAvoy, so obviously, and Ma- Michael Fassbender, and they're terrific together. Man, uh, when I was a kid, I loved Toad. It was just hilarious. This guy fucking just parkouring the Mario everywhere. <laughs> no, the guy parkouring everywhere with his tongue. Oh, Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> no, his name is. Oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> Is um, he a character? I just go yes. hold on on Toad. the X- list of X Men. He's not an X Men. He's he's with he's with uh, Magneto. He's a he's sea a mutant. Man. Oh. He's a mutant. Magneto Toad, the Hippo Toad from Future. <laughs> he was played by Ray Park, who played Darth Maul. That's why I loved him. Ray Park Toad, because I was Darth Paul, and that was my claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> we have an episode. Title. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. Oh god. All right, Toad Rape. Oh, was, okay, I remember now cuz he yeah, yeah. Th- he looked fucking stupid as hell. His <laughs> green face and his fucking for the yeah. 2000 X-Men movie. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you now. Oh god. Oh, the, the fucking juggernaut. That's it. <laughs> Bloody the hell. Juggernaut, the juggernaut, bitch. The juggernaut, bitch. Your weapons can't I'm harm me, Charles. Charles. Fucking Vinny Jones. I don't pimp hoes. I pimp candy. <laughs> that was a great video. Holy shit. Oh, man. It's going to be emotional. God, any wrestling fan will get that reference, at least from a Vinny Jones perspective. Um, I was never a huge X-Man fan. I gotta be honest. Um, I'd probably go with Cyclops because he was in the Marvel versus Capcom games and I had one or two of those growing up. That's about it. Good choice. Yeah. Nightcrawler was, he had cool action figures. That's all I got from an X-Men perspective. (laughs) I had one of those like, it was like McDonald's and Burger King toys with Cyclops where like you you push one button and you go like, like twist around and when was the light coming up? So just go around like this is blinding my mom. Just yeah. <laughs> but just the the gyrations you can move his hands up and down it just just like whip his like his like his like body across like at a in like a 90 degree motion either clockwise or counterclockwise for the audio listeners love you to death there you go <laughs> and that was the last time endo was given a happy meal yeah, child. I said that was the last time Endo was happy. I'd be like, yeah, you're not wrong. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I've heard stories of your school experience, and then and they yeah, cut I don't me know. Up. Maybe. Maybe he it is. Three, he was a three year old chimney sweep. 
I called on the chimney and it was still lit and I got I got burnt and scared. Please put that picture back out on Twitter. Oh, but which uh, one? Twitter.com. Endo Mills. Look it up. Uh, our oh, final man. question from Scroopy Noopers. Which hockey player would you frequently pick up for one of your EA NHL franchises who was eventually signed or traded to your favorite team? Wow, that is that is meta and in-depth. I have, I have such a good answer for this. NHL 2K3. I used to play franchise mode on that constantly. One of the things I would always do is trade for Joe Thornton. Because hey. at the time, he was like 24, like young. He was incredible, and he's a big body center. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, like a year or two after that, he gets traded to the Sharks in real life. I felt like mm. such a fucking genius. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You talking about that has given me my answer. But uh, I wanted to mention this, of course. I'm going through all the old EA NHL games. We'll be up to NHL 09 as of uh, tonight, nice. December the 9th. Um, so far, by the way, my, my quick review. No wonder what that pick this. came from. I was like, that's not 2K, but there's my bay, Joe Pavelski. Yes, that's where that picture came from was last that night. That, was that seemed like NHL 08. 08 was Joe yeah, Pavelski's I remember first that screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my quick review, uh, Genesis slash Super Nintendo era, which is uh, NHL hockey, which is technically 92 all the way up to 96. It's basically the same game all the way through. Um, 94 and 95 yeah. are still great. Yeah. Um, the PlayStation era. 97 is abysmal. 98's okay. Yes, that was horrible. 99's an abomination on the eyes, at least on the PlayStation version. Mm-hmm. I, I was shocked at how 2000 bad is Netflix. great. 2000 is great. And the then... big hit button, dude. <laughs> well, see, I wanted to talk about that, because 2001, amazing. Owen Nolan on the cover, amazing game. 2002 with Lemieux, weird design choice with the lighting, so it's not very pretty, but it plays well. Then you get 03. Amazing. NHL 04, still the crown jewel. It is. Chef's kiss, 100%. NHL 05 is solid, but weird, because they tried different stuff. And then NHL 06, home run again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Freaking stars, the star buttons, those are so cool. And then NHL 07 was the first year of the skill stick. Oh, my God. Sucks. Dude. Oh, my God, dude. It was people, so bad to watch. Imagine playing it. Jesus. <laughs> dude, people always shit on NHL 15 as the one where it's like, this game is shit. NHL 07 did the same thing. No features. Franchise mm-hmm. slash Dynasty mode was way stripped down. It's really weird because 04 Dynasty mode was amazing. They had the option to like customize your office as the coach. Yes. Which, <laughs> those of you who have watched my stream for a long time, you'll know we did that and fully decked it out. And then 05 took a little bit away. 06 and then 07 took a lot away don't understand it the gameplay sucks it's so janky is the only way to describe it oh wait i remember being pretty good oh wait's great gameplay and oh wait's great it's a lot of fun um not very feature rich but oh wait was really fun that said the one thing i will confirm whether or not you called it the glitcher the curve shot the second they added the skill stick in NHL 07, that's in. The curl drag wrist shot for extra power, top shelf light fucking laser beam. The second they added the skill stick in, that was a thing. Fucking hate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favorite, my go-to was always um, I'd hold it back, hold the stick back, and like kind of cradle it a little bit. You can kind of tell, like just cradle it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking and, about. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. 
<laughs> so all of that to say, I, I need to go on that little tangent. Sin talking about Joe Thornton, number one, made me cry uh, because I got to see the last year of Joe Thornton in a Bruins uniform, his first season as a shark. And then NHL 08 is the first year that he has a picture in the game in a shark's jersey, uh, which was just fucking painful uh, because I could still name the three players that he was traded for. Consent? Marco Sturm, Wayne Primo, and Tom Pricing? No, different defender. Brad Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pricing did go to the Bruins eventually, but it wasn't through trade. Brad Stewart played a season, basically played one full season combined as a Bruin, and then ended up on Calgary. Wayne Primo, uh, same thing. Oh, oh yeah, he he and wow, did he really? He and Brad Stewart both ended up on Calgary in the 0607. That season. was honestly such a fleecing. What was that trade? Hold on. <laughs> you the never Bruins. Oh my oh, oh well, you know, okay, it worked out. So the Bruins, uh, they kept Marco Sturm for years. But November 30th, 2005 was the Thornton trade, the San Jose. Mm-hmm. February 10th, 2007, Stewart and Primo were flipped along with a fourth round pick that became TJ Brody, funny enough, yeah. or Andrew Ference and Chuck Kobasu. And Andrew Ference was uh, a big crucial part of that, of that 2011 team, which I want to yeah. talk about in a second as well. Um, all this to say, I'll finally answer your fucking question. You jarred my memory. Rick Nash. Mm. Boston yeah. Bruins legend Rick Nash. Fucking hell. And shit, Endo's answer might be Jason Spezza at this point. Um, but yeah, for me, it was it was easily Rick Nash. The amount of times I'd be the Bruins and pick up Rick Nash. I mean, he fit the team so again. well. To imagine oh, him in God. his prime there and not the tail end. Ah. You know what my answer would have been? My answer right now is Curtis Douglas. For some reason, he always hops up on my team and it's like an 85 overall. I don't know how the fuck it happens. I just mm. picked him up one year in like 20 and then he just became like an 83 overall. I'm like, what the hell is this? He's like six foot, six foot six. Cause his height still was still fucking wrong back then. It <laughs> still, still is wrong now. <laughs> it just, yeah, it was just weird. Super weird. I also want to mention Jerome McGinley, mm-hmm. who also yeah. ended up being a Boston Bruin. Funny enough. So crazy how that oh. works. Uh, that said, thank you everybody. For the questions, it helped uh, get us a wonderful episode title. It's an all-timer. Darth Paul. Darth Paul, baby, Darth Paul. Uh, that said, I want to jump a little bit ahead on the format here because I mentioned 2011. This was how we were going to end the show, but you know what? Screw it. Let's talk about it now. Zidane Chara was interviewed the other day, and he mentioned the story... That before game six of the 2011 Cup Final in Boston, now, he used different terminology. First he said, we saw, and then he said, we heard. But basically, the story was that Canucks players were practicing how they'd lift the cup before game six. Oof. Kevin Bieksa is vehemently denying this on Twitter. I would, too. Yeah. uh, Where he's going to go on a pregame and talk about, like, no, this did not happen. I had my fun on Twitter. I don't think this happened. I don't. I fully agree that this is, as has been labeled, prime bulletin board material 
to give that extra bit of motivation to the Bruins to win in their own building in Game 6 and then hopefully go on to win in Game 7, which they did. That said, is it fucking hilarious at the thought of this story potentially being true? Yes. Yes, it is. And why is it hilarious? Because there are a few players on that team who you could actively envision actually doing this, which would make it so, so much sweeter if it was true. Those particular players. I don't know about you. It wouldn't surprise me for Ryan Kessler at the time. Alex Burrows. You sit here and tell me that that asshat wouldn't do something like this. That he wouldn't be feeling so cocky and confident heading into that game. The man who felt confident enough to trash talk Jordan Tutu after his brother's suicide. The man who felt so confident to taunt Mike Richards over a coke habit. The man who felt so confident to tell Patrick O'Sullivan on the ice that he was going to beat him like his father did. You tell me that you don't think Alex Burrows would have been that confident to actually do this. You can't. You can't. Not without coming off as a stringent Canucks defender, which is okay. Might I add, they also had Rafi Torres on this team. Um, I'll, I'll throw Tanner Glass into that conversation as well. Uh, Max LaPierre played 19 games on that team that postseason, I do believe. I'm just saying, I don't think it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. And it's pretty fucking funny over 11 years later for Char to tell this story and get the entirety of hockey Twitter just riled the fuck up. God bless him. He finally retires, and within months, he sets Twitter ablaze almost as much as Elon Musk has. Love you, Zidano. I love you. Nice one. Thoughts, gentlemen? <laughs> I think it's I think it's absolutely hilarious. I think the best part of it is all the replies to your tweet. I think I liked one that said, God, you can be a moron sometimes. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think the direct quote was, you're, you, you're thick in your way. <laughs> yeah. It's like, buddy, that's not the only place. Um, anyway. <laughs> and that's why we're sponsored by Manscaped. Sin, what were your thoughts? You guys wrapped everything up with a bow. I'm not even going to say anything. <clears throat> Perfect. Uh, we'll get back on track with the little section here that I entitled Fun Facts. Tage Thompson scored five goals against the Columbus Blue Jackets the other night. Gross. Four of them were in the first period. <laughs> Very Tage gross. against the machine. That's a fucking great nickname. Tage against the machine. Come on. It is. That is a great Great name. episode title, but it doesn't top Darth Paul. <laughs> I don't know, man. Tage against the machine is pretty awesome. Yeah. We'll we'll put it to a vote. We'll put it to a vote. Um, he is the first player in Sabres history to score four goals in one period. And this tweet comes from Mike Kelly on Twitter. Tage Thompson has more goals tonight than 73% of players in the league have had goals this season. That's kind of ridiculous. Especially when scoring is up. Mm-hmm. We're on pace, I believe, to have like 57 point per game players right now. That probably won't persist, but that is 
astronomically high. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm very much enjoying the conversation surrounding Tage Thompson because outside of like Thomas Welch who covers the Blues, um, I don't think anybody predicted Tage no. Thompson doing what he's doing. Unless you're trying to have a go at the analytical community and say that you saw a 50 goal score in Tage Thompson, which is absolute bullshit. No one but did. Eye testers will always try to shit on analytical because mm-hmm. they get shit on constantly and proven wrong more often than not. So anytime they could think that they're getting proven right, like they'll they'll do it. But yeah, uh, no one saw this coming. I mean, Tage was, Thompson didn't see this coming. He was no. what a mid mid first pick. 26th overall in in that same 2016 draft. If you can get a middle six out of that guy, that's great. For, you know, second or third line center, perfect. There's no way you thought this guy was going to be what he is. Let's see. To do the math really quickly, in his first three games, or excuse me, um, in his first four seasons as an NHL player, he played a combined 100 and 45 games with 35 points. Yeah, there's no one who ever fucking said this guy's going to be a 50-goal scorer. In his last 104 games, he has 108 points. (laughs) That's so awesome, man. With 59 goals. Nobody saw this coming. No. Good for him, dude. That's really awesome. And good for the freaking Buffalo Sabres now. Can you win? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, um, they signed him, too. Mm-hmm. after last season the extension hasn't even started he counts for 1.4 million against the cap right now nuts with 21 goals in 26 games what's his extension starts next year seven years seven one five that is a steal well if you can keep the production hell yeah 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 um if he does five in october yeah that that's that's a good that's a great deal um mm. I mean, if he, yeah, obviously, if he was on that previous pace, he would have been like, uh-oh. But no, I, I, good for him, again. And that that's some pretty solid money, but that's a great deal for the team. Just can't, Buffalo needs to figure their shit out. You have Rasmus Dahlin, who's incredible. You have Tage Thompson, mm-hmm. who's doing great. Um, I haven't seen Tuck's numbers, but I'm assuming he's still doing pretty solid. So their top line is Thompson, 40 points in 26 games. Jeff Skinner, 31 and 26. Of course, he's making nine million against the cap, so he's mm. more earning it now, at least. True, and then Tuck has twenty-eight and twenty-six. Fucking hell! Also How? worth noting, uh, Dylan Cousins twenty-seven points in twenty-six games, and Darlene has thirty-two and twenty-five. Dylan Cousins, huh? Mm-hmm. Wait, was he from? Wait, when did he come from? Or is he? No, he was on their team, right? Yeah, uh, seventh overall in twenty nineteen. Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of another Cousins. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cousins. Thank probably. you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how's is Jack Quinn cracked the roster yet? He has 15 points in 21 games on the second line. Not bad. Uh, He's what, they're basically Their second line's a kid line. Uh, Cousins, 21. Quinn, 21. And J.J. Peterka. Paterka. Uh, 20 years old. who has 14 points in 26 games. Where's Krebs playing? Or is he on the team? Fourth I don't get to watch Buffalo center. at all. Oh, you can't play Krebs fourth line? With Gergensons and Okpozo, according to Cap Friendly. You can't play Krebs fourth line. Mm. 
Yeah, Tyson Jost is their third line center instead, and he's oh, playing yeah, with Tyson. Olafson and Middlestat. But it's like, I'm sorry, I swapped those two. And Sabres fans will just know maybe they tried it. Get Middlestat the fuck out. <laughs> What's that? A fourth liner who shouldn't be on the fourth line? I haven't seen that before. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Who got called up and basically sent down at the exact same goddamn time? But holy shit. Hmm. Sabres right now, worth noting, standings-wise, are, if NHL.com would like to load, thank you very much, are currently six points back of the wild card. Detroit occupies that yeah. second spot. They're still sub-500. I, I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> I mean, their goaltending is pretty abysmal, or at least not good on paper. Again, I haven't been able to watch them. I'm not keeping up with them too much, but. Yeah, so there are three goalies this year. Eric Comrie, who is currently hurt, 11 games, 887 save percentage. Rough. You have Uko Pekalukinen, six games played and 859. Oof. And then Craig Anderson, 10 games played and 916. The ageless wonder. Go, Craigie. Yeah, may they, I, they have a goaltending issue. May I interest you in a slightly used James Reimer? Uh, as long as they give us their first. <laughs> which is not going to happen now because the Sharks yeah. tanked his value. They let his save percentage drop. They let him get injured. Fuck. Oh, is, is Reimer hurt? Uh, he was. He is, yeah. Listed his day-to-day. Yeah. Mm. Yep. yep. We have Itu Makiniemi up mm. in the NHL right now. So we got mm. the fantastic Finns in net who are not playing so fantastic. But well, it depends fantastic. on what you're what you mean by fantastic, though, because the, the worse they play, the closer you get to good old CB. OK, so, mm. Mm. yeah, fantastic by a different name. <laughs> Connor Bedard. Oh, I see. I see. I see. OK, CB 98. There you go. The San Jose shittacular. Yeah, well, <laughs> fucking Anaheim. Why did they have to just suck? <laughs> San Jose. So that, that was actually another thing I was going to mention. Uh, fun fact about the Ducks is that they still have just one regulation win this entire season. How? It is almost the middle of December. <laughs> what? They've only won one regulation game? Yeah. One win in regulation. Their current record right now sits at 7-17-3. Yeah, there's no Holy way the Sharks shit. are going to pass them. I mean, you know, the right way for us. <laughs> mm. I mean, maybe. Maybe, you know. I mean, there are five teams right now who have under who have a 375 win percentage or points percentage, I should say, or worse, and that is still Arizona, San Jose, Columbus, Chicago, and Anaheim. So, we shall see. Yeah. We shall see. But, yeah, rough times. Uh, Speaking of rough times. Shane Wright scored his first goal against the team that did not pick him. He gets called back up, plays against Montreal. Everybody knew it was going to happen, but Shane Wright scores his first NHL goal in a loss, in fairness, uh, to the Habs. But good for him. Good for him, indeed. Does it on home ice as well. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, it, it does still seem pretty obvious now at this rate, right? Like he goes to the World Juniors and goes back to Junior and We'll see what happens from there. But like I said, I am very intrigued to see if this strategy from Seattle becomes more of, you know, yeah. more more common at this stage. Because it is a bold strategy, Cotton. Like, yeah. mm. <laughs> We will see how it pays off for them. Alex Ovechkin 
is now 99 goals behind Wayne Gretzky. It's going to happen. He's going to set the record. It, it, it's it's going to happen. It has to. At this rate, yeah. I, right? I can't. I, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, <clears throat> and protect that man at all costs. No one touch him. Is Tom Wilson on his line still? <laughs> Let me check. I actually don't know who he's playing with because I feel me like the had a lot of injuries. <laughs> it's it's that damn Eastern Conference. I don't get to see enough of that shit. He's playing with Dylan Strom and Connor Sherry. What? Youth yeah. and Connor. Not Sherry. even with Kuznetsov or back Backstrom. That is. Isn't not Connor Sherry? Didn't Sherry huh? go to uh, Seattle last year? Uh, I don't think so. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington, the only three teams. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, Kuznetsov is with Sonny Milano and TJ Oshie on the second line. Tom Wilson has not played a game yet this season. Oh, my God. Off-season ACL surgery, Nick Backstrom. That's right. Also my, <laughs> my friend picked him regardless for fantasy because he's like, he'll come back and get a bunch of penalty minutes, and he's still not back. Gonna have to make up for lost time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he will. Oh god. Well, yeah. Now that the Rangers don't have Ryan Reeves, he'll be uh, free to just run amok. Yeah. Oh, there you go. The Boston Bruins have tied the record for most wins through twenty-five games, the first twenty-five games of the season, with twenty-one. God damn it! <laughs> what is the other one set by Chicago? Yes, I believe they were so like 23 Owen. Yeah, so yeah, ridiculous. The, the lockout 22 Owen 3 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> fucking rampage their way to a cup, basically. Yeah, I remember that. The Sharks were up by like two or three goals and they came back and we lost. Yeah, and then the Bruins lost in game six because they fucking thought they had game seven secured and then they fucking blew it and everyone blamed Tukarask for the next seven years and I hate it. I could talk on my mouth too. <laughs> Speaking of franchises, fan bases that hate me, we go from Chicago to Tampa. Yay. Where John Cooper became the fastest coach in NHL history to win 450 regular season games. Of course, his teams have tied the wins record with 62 wins in a season. He is a two time Stanley Cup champion. My only response to this is just what could have been had they fired him when they I got know. swept by Columbus. Instead, they made a meme on Twitter. And you know what? Good. It, it worked. <laughs> just how different things could have been if they was let I, him go. Iserman was still in charge at the time, wasn't he? Yes. Yep. Iserman yeah. knew. That is. Does he know? That, that's called believing in your decisions and not panicking. Yeah. Unbelievable. Congrats to John Cooper. The Lightning have obviously been ridiculous. But yeah, what could have been had he been let go? And honestly, I mean, the conversation at the time was, how do you not let him go? That's how. <laughs> Trust in the Iser plan. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately the, uh, you know, the follow-up, which has also still gone very well. In terms of some uh, other stories, by the way, Vancouver, not doing very hot this season. Luke Shen's agent on Twitter put out a post where he was essentially advertising all the reasons why a team should want to acquire 
Luke Shen. I'm going to bring up the post here because it's interesting. It's phenomenal, really. Um, the agent then responded, um, I just thought this was an interesting read on Luke and his value. Not at all promoting a trade. He loves playing in Vancouver, was his follow-up tweet. Hmm. Uh, I think the man's trying to avoid potential tampering charges. But yeah, his, uh, his GM, Ben Hankinson, on Twitter on December 8th, Luke Shen, perfect deadline acquisition. <laughs> a consistent pattern of top four quality play. Versatility play any pairing. Or versatility, he can play any pairing. Plays low mistake hockey. Physical and tough. Yeah. Kill penalties. Vet leadership and winning personality. Two-time Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> A reminder, his follow-up tweet, I just thought this was an interesting read on Luke and not his value. Not at all promoting a trade. He loves playing in Vancouver. Oh, uh, his initial fuck. tweet, by the way, uh, uh, shared a blog post from CanucksArmy.com. The bidding for Canucks defenseman Luke Shen has to start at a first-round pick is the title of the article. Holy shit. That's where Canucks fans are at this stage. <laughs> Actively trying to convince their own fan base. Absolutely trying to convince their own fan base that Luke Shen is worthy of a first-round pick. And then the player agent themselves being like, yeah, you know, this is a really good article. <laughs> so much to trade for Luke. What, is, what does he get if Luke gets traded? It's not like he gets a cut when he's traded. I'm trying to figure out. He Maybe wants him in a better situation and then yeah. can get more money, like a bigger contract, I guess. That's, I guess. I don't understand his motive, but it's it's clear that he's trying to get the guy traded. <laughs> to sit there and after quoting an article, yeah. linking an article that says the asking price should start at a first, you list off his accomplishments and his play style and his characteristics and then say, oh, I wasn't, I, Luke loves it here. We're not looking for a trade. Like, Luke Shen, here, you know what? The best way to sum this up, because people will get mad at it. If I were to tell you, based off of the uh, formula that I have for NHL player ratings, Luke Shen would be a 78 overall. But the asking price starts at a first-round pick, everybody. I get that that team has put that fan base through hell. Fellas, calm down. And you know what? If it's for clickbait to get views, job well done. You did yeah. it. You did it. You even got Luke Shen's agent to potentially stomp out his own career with that headline. You did great. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're doing good when you get a guy out of his own job. Oh my you're God. doing real good. <laughs> Whew. Um, let's keep it, uh, in the Canadian conversation for now. World Juniors, um, Team Canada, guys, they're improving. From TSN, players, coaches, and staff who are candidates to represent Team Canada at the upcoming World Juniors are required to fill out new screening forms about past behavior and consent to a search of past social media activity. You gotta That's get ahead of those old tweets from 2013 when a 14-year-old player was trying to be edgy. Yeah. You know? 
I'm just surprised like this this wasn't your I'm surprised this wasn't protocol at all. Exactly. Like, How is this like, new? What's the character it, test? Like obviously there's gotta be a character test. What was it? Like why were you not looking into social media for the fucking generation who was raised on social media? Mm-hmm. Team Canada just keep they or can uh, hockey Canada that is they yes. just keep taking L's this year. Yeah, yeah. That's why my fantasy team name is uh, Hockey Canada's PR guy, and it's a really it's a it's a picture <laughs> of this guy who looks haggard as hell, <laughs> just <laughs> totally tired and worn down. Excuse me, what was that word? What? What was that word? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. It was it was haggard. <laughs> You got this really haggard-looking guy. <laughs> Get yourself friends who can do great fucking impressions. It's, uh, uh between Endo and Sin. It's unbelievable. Remember the time, what, what, God, when we had Crash on the show, what was the impression that kept going he around? He kept doing Trump. He kept, uh, doing, yeah. he doing, kept doing Trump. And then we just had a whole carousel of impressions. And then Freedom Convoy, A Wet Dream just popped yeah, up out of nowhere. Yeah. I think yeah. Sin went into his George W. Yeah. The <laughs> laugh. <laughs> uh, with Hockey Canada as well, um, I mean, taking L's, would we define this as an L? Montreal has pretty much confirmed that Slavkovsky will not be going to the World Juniors. I don't know how to feel about this, because on one hand, I agree, like, more NHL experience might be for the best. Um, at the same time, going back, playing kids your own age, learning how to keep your head up, get your confidence back might be what's best for him. Because the only time we've really mentioned him this year, aside from, you know, the few instances where he's scored some goals, I mean, he has four, yeah. he has eight points in 21 games. The only other times he's been referenced is when he's been put on his ass because he doesn't know how to keep his head up. Yeah, yeah I, I would have him go to World Juniors, get some more confidence back. Because, uh, I mean, why are you gonna, is he that big? to like? I'm, I'm looking at them, you know, a few, a few spots out of the playoffs. You try not to look at points out. You try to look at how many guys they got to leapfrog. I think mm. it's they got to leapfrog three teams to get into a wild card spot, but the team holding that wild card spot is three points ahead of them with uh, the same amount of games played. So, Correct. like, and yeah. I, I think you'd let him go. That's me. And it's like, is he really make or break to you making the playoffs? I don't think so. At least he hasn't shown it. I don't even think he should be playing in the NHL. Yeah, maybe he's another year. That's the one thing, too. There's There's been a weird stigma around like top 10, top five picks where they basically have to have NHL like playing time right out of the gate, especially the number one pick. Like, I think they should just take the long road with it. Just take your time and everything. Like the, the Shane Wright situation is obviously an outlier. With him, you know, going to get sent down a conditioning stint, gets up, plays one game, goes to Team Canada, probably gonna go play back in Kingston. Like it, it it's it's an outlier, but it shows that you don't need to shove a player in there. Like we had Lafreniere, who clearly shouldn't have been in the NHL immediately off of the break. Mm. He should have had another year, but then there was because of the whole NHL AHL contract situation. And then for some reason, and at one point the AHL wasn't playing when the NHL was playing. And then there was no OHL for a whole fucking year and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So 
Like if it was a regular year, I don't think Lafreniere played in the NHL in this rookie season. I mean, you want to talk about someone who was screwed by that AHL CHL rule. It's Alexi Lafreniere. Yep. Uh, it is worth noting he has 65 points in 163 games does Lafreniere, so it's not brutal. But there does seem to be more pressure on developing these guys immediately. Yeah. You know, it's gotten much more to uh, a, really like an NBA type of standard where it's just like, man, if you're top five, top 10, and you're not in a starting top six role within two seasons, you're, you know, the term bust starts getting thrown around. Yeah. And it's funny that we mentioned Joe Thornton earlier. Do you guys recall Joe Thornton's stat line from his rookie year as a Bruin? It was terrible. I, th- I, don't, I don't even think he had 20 points. 55 games played, seven points. Yeah. The next year he had 41 in a full season. Mm-hmm. You just never know. It was a tougher transition back then, to be fair. Yes. Um, especially for kids, because you had yeah, people there were fucking animal like monsters. Like <laughs> you're like you were Welcome to the league, kid. Here's Scott Stevens. Yeah, you're always expected to gain weight in the offseason and put on bulk, and that's not the case anymore. You got you know, you all these younger hockey kids, they look like bike riders. They're super lean and you know, mm. legs, big legs. Like it's not the same league. It's easier to break in size wise, but it, it's still a huge skill gap to go from the freaking Q to the NHL. Yeah, for sure. Um, God, I, I just I just don't know what to make of it. I'm intrigued what Habs fans think as well, just in regards to whether or not you'd kind of prefer him to go and what experience is at the best. It's just, a, I think it's in general, you know, you talk about the Shane Wright thing too. It's just an interesting time for prospect development and how teams are looking at things. I do think the Rangers and Lafreniere have kind of played a role in that, to be honest. You talk about someone like Jesse Pugliarvi from the 2016 draft. I mean, it's all kind of intertwined at yeah. this stage. I'm happy with how the Sharks are developing Eklund. They gave him, you know, his his uh, his his cup of coffee with the, uh, you know, trial period. Mm. And now he's, you know, went back to Europe. Now he's in the AHL. This, you know, that's a perfect way to develop a kid like Eklund. And really hoping it works out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking for the uh, William Eklund updated stat line. As he plays I don't, know, I don't the, think the he's Coug- actually, I didn't even know he was playing for the Barracuda. Yeah, yeah. I thought he's he was Coug- overseas. I don't know how good they're doing. Uh, he has 14 points in 22 games. So he's on pace for a 46-point season. 20 years not old in the age. That's not easy. That's yeah. pretty good. There was another interesting thing in regards to um, kind of sort of Hockey Canada related. Nova Scotian hockey leagues have elected to have a new rule moving forward where they'll be giving younger referees green armbands in an attempt to help reduce verbal abuse from parents and coaches. <sighs> what the fuck is wrong with parents, man? Let the kids play. Green I mean, I think the armband thing is stupid. I think you just regulate what is being said and done with the parents itself. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you oh, have to add... Hockey oh, culture. Yeah. Well, to me, this screams like, yeah, we know the abuse is going to happen. So we're just going to let it happen. Instead of trying to do something about it, we're just going to let you know, like, hey, this is a kid. Maybe take it easy, brother. Like, this reminds me of, like, I don't know what the fuck it is here in Canada. It's, it's, It's something that I've noticed a lot lately is that instead of actually addressing the problem... They'll do something else and waste a bunch of extra money into something else and say, hey, we're going to address it instead of actually fighting the root cause. 
Like that's kind of the case everywhere. It yeah. is. I've noticed, like in I've America, noticed it a lot more here, like as of late. It's like just don't fucking virtue signal. Just get to the fucking point of it. Yeah, I, I would suggest you guys stop modeling yourself after America. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah, a lot of that. Not that you are all the time, but I do yeah. see a lot of things like Canada's kind of copycatting America in some ways, uh, which is bad. Don't do that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing in with, with American sports, like kids' soccer, any kids' sport. Parents are fucking lethal i mean there's this account called like baseball fights where it will like show like fights from fans and shit every so often they show like parents fighting at a little league game it's It's randy marsh the logo of the website (laughs) yeah it's randy marsh and bat dad just going i hear no bell god like parents like it's just awful like i don't know it's yeah it's, it's just, I suppose, you know, the word culture was thrown around. It's just, I feel like for some of these parents, they hear the stories about like, yeah, oh man, this this guy was hard on his, on his kid, but it worked out because now he's a professional. Like I'm watching, like there's, there's a difference, right? There is a difference. Like I'm watching on HBO Max, there's a documentary series covering Shaquille O'Neal and Shaq talks about. Uh, his stepdad, who was basically his father, uh, who was a military guy that was really hard on him to kind of keep him in line, keep him focused. Yep. Um, and in particular, to not try to be a finesse player. He would constantly make sure it's like, these are the gifts you've been given with your size, your strength. Fucking use them, essentially. Yeah. He'd call him in the middle of games when he played for the Magic like fuck giving him tips and all that yeah or just and people view that as like if i'm hard on my son if i yell at these fucking that referee's trying to take away my son's future i mean my future house i mean my son's future house like that's how these parents view this here's they they view it this way because they're projecting all their insecurities and failures onto their child like they they're parenting completely wrong yeah. Uh, because they are unhappy with their own situation. I don't care right. how happy they look, how happy they pretend to be and shit like that, and how blessed they are. Um, <laughs> you, they're, they're full of shit, and you can see it uh, with with their with their at with their with their activity at sports games. If you're yelling at refs, you're not a fucking happy person. Plain and simple. Yeah. My <laughs> Especially mom, though, yeah. like at a youth game. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. It's not you're at an nhl game and people are fucking drinking like all right whatever but most people look at the guy yelling at the ref and it's just like you're just being a dickhead guy like how many how many times have you seen a drunk guy yelling at a referee at an arena people like yeah he's right no you just give him the look it's just shut the fuck up yeah and then you when you're talking about eight-year-olds 14-year-old kids who are playing hockey it's more important for them to learn life lessons at that there's a very, very good quote. It doesn't apply to a practice field, but it does in the same time. This uh, old like kind of samurai adage where uh, people think a dojo is where you go to train, a, you know, to tr- um, to train in martial arts. But a dojo is where you go to train a person. Mm, that's that's how you should treat point. that field. It's to train mm. that person about the more important things in life than winning, losing and a score, sportsmanship, respect, etc. So forth. And you're setting a horrible example by causing a goddamn scene in the stands and being a prick. Yeah, it's also like the era of like the 
helicopter parent too so it's it's <laughs> terrible i've as my as you guys probably have assumed by this now with how my mom is she was very very strict very uh in the sense of like she was an athlete as well she played hockey so she knows the whole like general feel and she was also strict on me as well and sure it helped a little in some aspects and other aspects maybe also hate the sport at the same time like i feel bad for these kids who have to deal with these parents as well who maybe some of them see that they're not really doing anything wrong but some of them are having other stuff as well like i remember filling in for a i think it was like a junior a team because their goalie had to go away and he had some other stuff to deal with like he couldn't even go to the practices and everything because like he had like such a weird like coach dad relationship and it was terrible and all that he's like you're not giving myself enough playing time blah 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 yada 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 to the point that some random fucking joe schmo was filling in in practices for them like they were gonna offer me like a one-day contract just to go play one game <laughs> tell me if i'm wrong based off of his reputation to bring him up paul marner i was just i thought that's where you're going yep bang <laughs> he is the Mitch is the exception in that you shouldn't look at Paul Marner as an example of if I do this, I'll get my kid to the NHL. Like you're fuck. Like, it's amazing that Mitch Marner made it to the NHL given how hard Paul Marner tried to fuck him out of making it. Yeah. And I don't know if Mitch feels that way. And maybe I'm wrong to talk about someone's father like that or someone's parenting skills. And, Maybe Mitch doesn't feel that way. Maybe he does feel like, yeah, I wouldn't have made it if my dad didn't do what he did. But, like, there's a reason why you search Paul Marner and you get articles about what a dickhead he is. The first thing that pops up is an article from the LeafsNation.com saying hockey parents need to talk. Looking at you, Paul. Not you, Sin. But, you know. No, I know. (laughs) I'm not a parent. (laughs) God. Yeah. So, that's actually, I remember reading that article when it came out. And I do. uh, Yeah recommend it but yeah i mean three literally, years ago you know, that article talks about examples of a video um from when mitch marner was like 10 years old and paul marner's caught at this game yelling you better fucking skate mitch i swear you're just gonna tell your mom it was another game yep just another game hey eh? oh yeah exactly that's not okay i don't care what like, anyone says that doesn't push a kid and i'm sorry a green armband isn't going to stop parents like this they're going to yell from the kid yelling at more. their kids from yelling at the refs just because the refs might be 18 years old or younger. The kid is going to get targeted even more than before because they know he's like, you know, he's a kid and he's going to make bad mistakes. Of all things, it puts a bigger spotlight on the issue. Yeah, I mean, if anything, right, like the parent intimidation of yep. this young official is going to be potentially more common because these people already don't give a fuck. Exactly. Yeah. So kind of the right like no to these Nova Scotian leagues. You're so close to getting it. You're so close to getting the point. Just just open your eyes a little bit more. You're right there. I feel like people who are so close to getting it actually get it. And they're afraid mm. of taking that necessary step. Mm. It's like another example is like uh, here in Toronto, they're changing some of the street names because of, you know, historical stuff regarding indigenous people. And instead of changing the, it's going to cost them like a bunch of millions to change over the signs. I'm like, why don't you just give the money to the, the actual people who deserve it and actually had to deal with this instead of, you know, changing a name or adding, you know, reasons why to change a name or everything like that. They're like, no, we're just going to change the name and spend money to change the name instead for all these street names. I'm like, you're, you're not getting the point. I get it a little bit, but you know, 
<sighs> right offs. Yeah. We did have two other points to mention. I feel like that was a good conversation to end things on, though. Oh, um, you don't want to talk about well, we uh, Sin Sincero and his, and his tweet? What oh, happened? I don't even oh. know what... I, I don't even know what that is. So hold, I want to see so the really tweet. quickly. We'll, we'll go to that because I was gonna. Is it Leafs related? Don't go it into is it. Is related it to the um. Hold on. What is it? The uh, Boston Bruins. Oh, I haven't seen it. Um, in regards to the Leafs beating uh L.A. Kings last night, five nothing and a shutout for Samson Ola's first shutout of the season as so a with, Leaf. with the Leafs. The I was movie? gonna say, um, aside from the fact that Nick Robertson's apparently gonna miss significant time, which sucks. Mitch Marner does have a 21-game point streak. Their goaltending between Samsonov and Murray has, has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the big question is, like, will they be able to keep this up? Especially, like, hey, um, two months, not even two months ago, two weeks ago, we were talking about Sheldon Keith being fired. I am going to read this tweet. Oh, my God, he responded. I'm going to read this tweet from Sid Sixero <laughs> verbatim, unless Endo would like to. Uh, you can go. Uh, I'll read the Sid Sixero part. You read the... The, the the he the other person's name. Uh huh. All right. So go ahead and ex- give us more details on on this tweet and why these so, players were mentioned. Last night during uh, the Leafs uh, L.A. game, uh, noted tall man Pierre Engvall uh, like slashes and hits Sean Dursey, and he's ejected from the game. And then he gets booed by the crowd and everything and all that fun stuff. And then Sid puts puts out a tweet this morning at 1016 saying, I have a difficult time with the idea that Sean Dursey, a Mississauga native who was formerly traded over for to the LA Kings in a trade. I think it was to grab over. Um, I think it was in the Clifford trade and all that. I think when he right, grabbed yeah. over Jack Campbell, um, he, he, Mississauga native who had over 200 family and friends of the game last night. He spent basically he spent like a whole bunch of money that grabbed 200 families of family and friends at the game, which is amazing. Obviously never heard of before. Got booed at Scotiabank Arena worse than Brad Marchand ever was. Brad Marchand responded, that's because I'm a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. His fucking Brad Marchand's like clapback game is unreal. his Twitter game is unfucking believable. Oh my god! <laughs> my god! This man needed only like fucking five words. <laughs> so, what is everyone's issue with the Citizero treat? I don't. Oh, basically, it's a dick bag. That's the reason why. Why? What is wrong with this tweet? I, I, I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't. Because any given chance he gets, any given chance that he gets through, he either like hates on the Leafs or hates on anybody. He always makes every tweet something negative, and I don't know what it is. Is it because he got kicked off of Tim and Sid, and he's now working breakfast television? He didn't get kicked off. He took more money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, all he says is he's he has a difficult time with the idea that Sean Dury, who's a Mississauga native, and having all that family at the game, he got booed worse than Brad Marchand would. I don't yeah. know. That doesn't seem like it's targeting the Leafs to me. It's just. Oh, I, I feel know. like it's almost targeting the fans in a sense. Yeah. Well, like, he's your are... homegrown talent who's like, not here anymore. Yeah. yeah. How dare. Like, it comes off as like, how dare you boo Sean Dursey? He's oh, from okay. here. He had family here. He was a Leaf for a short amount of time. How dare you boo him more than oh. I can recall hearing Brad Marchand ever get booed? Hold on a second. Okay. And it's like, eh, 
But I, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I wasn't even aware of this tweet. Hold on a second. I gotta I gotta look this up. I don't even understand what Brad Marchand's response fucking is. Sean Dursey never even played or had any contract negotiations with the Leafs. They just mm. had his rights. I guess yeah. Mar well, Marchand's kind of clapback is like, why the fuck are you even mentioning me? Yeah. But Marchand's response is basically because I'm awesome. Okay. Like <laughs> that's what I thought. I'm like, is it what's he yeah. mean? He's fast? Is that why he's getting fucking <laughs> I'm a fucking rocket? <laughs> so I don't know. It's it just it almost like I don't know. As far as I know, I I just view this as another instance of like this is Leafs Twitter being Leafs Twitter. Yeah, and I feel like Sid really plays into it as much yeah. as he can. Yeah, like it's that okay. idea of things are going really well for the Leafs. So there are some people who will always find whether they're intentionally doing it or they actually feel that way. There are the people who will always find a way to bring up the negative side of things. And I agree. I've seen it come from Sid quite a bit. I, part of me thinks he's playing the heel. He is. Um, and if you watch Tim and Sid, that's legit what he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that said, not his best material of like, how are you going to boo the the Ontario native more than you've ever booed someone like Brad. That's just kind of weak to me more than anything, but Hey, it worked. People are talking about it. Brad yep. Marchand gets to farm sweet, sweet Twitter likes. That's a fun time. Everyone else. He probably read that while he was eating his March munch cinnamon crunch cereal. I still have a box of that. By the way. You I'm actually open. bought a box of that. Well, my dad bought like seven and he gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> I got to try that cereal. So I got to, I got to talk to you about possibly you sending me a box or something. Oh God. Um, to end the show then in a celebratory fashion, let's talk about Philadelphia really quickly. Uh, the flyers who started off the season hot now sit at nine, 13 and five with the third worst points percentage in the NHL. And today it was announced that despite having a four-game point streak, Tony D'Angelo is going to be a healthy scratch. God bless America. Why? Uh, I f yeah, I, I'm glad you asked that, Endo. So uh, uh, according to sources here, he actually has a very important meeting that he has to attend. And, uh, and also, interestingly enough, the pillowcases on his bed were missing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say he's preparing for the January 6th reunion, but, you know. <laughs> should I should I go run and hide? Like, what's going but there's on? There's some holes in his linens. Stay stay out of Philadelphia, <laughs> and that was probably... <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> if, hey, if the hood fits. Yeah. Okay? Swear. <laughs> if the hood fits, light the sticks. Oh, Oh. <laughs> uh. God. <laughs> I'm sure he's a great guy, though. Don't worry. I'm sure he's just been misrepresented in the media or something. His dad isn't. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh, um, you know, first year of a two-year deal worth $5 million per. And um, if there's anything we know about old John Tortorella, my favorite coach in the league, if you can't play defense, take a seat. Unless you're Rasmus Ristolainen because he's too damn big and Torts won't tell him to take a seat. Yeah. But if you're 5'11", like Tony D'Angelo, take a seat. Play defense. Maybe it's a tanking tactic from Torts. 
Or maybe he's just had enough of Tony's bullshit. Regardless, it's a glorious day for us all. We're a uh, lovely human being. Tony D'Angelo is a healthy scratch. Hooray. Oh my god. Bath Beth and Beyond's best customer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with that, everybody, we'll look to bring today's show to a close. Oh. Uh, what a time it was. We... We got to talk about the X-Men. We got to talk about Tage Thompson being an amazing hockey player. We got to talk about Luke Shen's future former agent probably screwing himself out of a job. And uh, shout out to Sid Sixero being the greatest heel in Toronto Maple Leafs fandom. With that... Sin, what do you have going on, buddy? I spoiler alert, I'm well aware of what you have going on. <laughs> Holy what? shit. A very busy schedule is oh, what yeah. you have going on, oh, Sin. Yeah. And still a couple of franchise modes running on YouTube. Check me out. Sin for the Win Productions on YouTube and uh yeah. Get ready for some crazy esports action that Tugi and I will be covering. You will be able to find Sin and I on twitch.tv forward slash sportsgamergg multiple times a week. Every twice, day. <laughs> twice on Sundays, by the way. Twice on Sundays? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have an afternoon cast for the European scene and then a night cast for the North Americans. Uh, here, let me bring up our schedule. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Monday, we'll be live around 2 p.m. Eastern in the afternoon, obviously. Okay. Um, every other Tuesday, Sin will be live in the afternoons. Uh, we'll be live every Wednesday afternoon every th- uh, and every Thursday night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of this leading up to the end of February, we'll, we'll be live from beautiful Helsinki, Celebrating my birthday. And I guess there'll be some esports tournaments where people will win money and stuff like that at the same time. But, you know. Most importantly, the birthday. Most importantly, the birthday. (laughs) We're going to get to play some floor hockey, some floor ball, which is going to be dope. Maybe Sid and I will get to be on the same team this year. You can't keep the Sedin twins apart for too long. Didn't we play on the same team once? No, we were on different teams. Both times? Oh, no, we only only played once. I only got to play once before I I was on Kenu's team once, yeah. Yeah. We're going to... Hopefully get to see HIFK play. Oh, that'd be great. On the 21st, which is going to be fucking awesome. Wait, that's the day we get there. No, no I get there the 19th. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We leave 19th. Get there the 20th in Finland, technically. Yes. And then the next day, hockey, Oof. damn it. Hockey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now, uh, what do you have going on? <laughs> I'm playing Lego. Uh, so recently... <laughs> with legos <laughs> i'm playing with big duplo bricks um so <laughs> on game pass they just added lego star wars the uh, star wars Skywalker collection so lego it's star wars lego star wars so from one to nine i'm just playing through it i've gotten uh through episode one and two a lot of fun i forgot how stupid funny like the games are where like they'll tell the whole point of like the narrative of like the, the actual movies and then they'll just put like a stupid comedic twist on like an event that happens like for example when like oh spoilers for episode one when fucking darth maul dies because ooh, fucking a man i was gonna watch it just play the game instead it's a lot more fun so like 
Dark Paul. Congratulations <laughs> well, <dark> to... <laughs> like, what a congratulations of all people. Ray Park, the most known, the most commented on person on today's podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so, like, when, like, Darth Paul dies in um, the game, so, like, he slices a uh, thing in half, and then... Like to make it comedic, like he's dead, but he comes back as like just a Lego head popping across, and then Obi Wan kicks him into like a goal and like a basketball net. They just, just <laughs> do they just do stuff like that to make it. It's it's like stupid funny. Like I'm sitting there laughing my ass off at this stuff, and chat's dead quiet because no one wants to fucking watch you play this game. But it's all about having fun at the end of the day, and that's what I've rediscovered. You can find me playing episode three on Monday uh twitch.tv slash endel mills 11 30 eastern so you can watch me play it and then watch these guys do gaming casts of the calls of the words of the bottom of the barrel of the sea yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, watch endo take the high ground on twitch.tv <laughs> oh that's coming up oh man it's gonna be so good Thank you, everybody, as always, for listening and supporting the show. We appreciate you greatly, whether or not, again, you watch on the YouTube side of things. Just search Figgy Stick Podcast. Or if you listen, wherever podcasts can be heard, we see you on the Spotify's and the Apple Podcasts. We love you for that. We will be back next week, hoping for Monday, Thursday. It depends on whether or not Sin and I die from exhaustion first. Time will ultimately tell. Until next week, fuck Tony D'Angelo, and we'll see you later.